welcome to My First Time. Uh, I'm Mary Jo Smith. I'm Colleen Smith. No, no relation. relation. With us, as always, is Ian Phone Smith. Hello. Coming at you. <laughs> yeah, not related to me. But related to me. Uh, My First Time is where we tell hilarious and awkward tales of firsts. Yeah, all sorts of firsts. And tonight's uh, topic is the first time I had holidays away from home. Yeah. It could uh, be any holiday. Yeah, anything. anything I mean, at all. I mean, it could be Labor Day. It could or, be Valentine's Day. I'm trying to think of a really like non-holiday. A non-holiday, like Boxing Day? Yeah, but even flag that. Flag Day. Yeah, Flag Day, where just someone has like a real intense Flag Day story. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I don't have a flag. What is Flag Day? I don't know. Okay, we'll look it up. Uh, and then our guests are Margie McGee. Hello, Margie. And Jack Plotnick. Hi, Jack so lovely to be here. It is. Yeah, thanks for coming. So Thank everybody knows us, but they don't necessarily know you guys. So Margie, tell us a little, little something about yourself. Um, oh, how did I come unprepared? I, um, the first <laughs> thing that comes to mind is it's the end of Easter candy season, and that makes me very sad. Those are my favorite candies, anything wrapped in a pastel. Oh, um, wait, wait. You like Even if it's like a Reese's, but it's pastel wrap? I have a whole pantry <laughs> full of Easter candy that I stockpile. So but, that but, but, but if it was a Reese's like pumpkin, which is the same thing as a Reese's egg. Yeah, different okay. different All quantity right. of, okay. uh, different okay. proportion of peanut butter okay. and chocolate. Yeah, okay. Reese's um, egg is great. And I use candy like decorations in my house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're planted around little bowls of candy. So it makes me happy to look at the... What about your dog? Uh, she doesn't care, and she's short, so I can put them on things like mantles and credenzas, and she can't get at them. Um, I'm also a TV writer. Is that helpful? Yeah. <laughs> Is that better than candy? Um, and Colleen and I did a half marathon last weekend, That's and neither right. one of us can Are walk. Are still sore? Yeah. Yes. It's terrible. So sore. We walked Why didn't you finish the marathon? Hey! hey. Hello. We only went one way and didn't turn around. Uh, Jack, also tell people who you are. I don't have a candy fixation because my parents grew up, um, I grew up with my my parents having a candy company and I worked in a candy warehouse. What? And we had a candy drawer and we even had a hostess cupcake drawer with all the different, so now now I just don't even need it. I don't want it. I'm I'm so sorry. I can see you're shocked and angry. (laughs) More angry than shocked. It is wasted on me. But as a kid, it was wonderful. What kind of candy did they make? They, made, they didn't make it. They oh. kind of got it from all over the world and then put their label on and shipped it oh, out. Ah, distributors. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But um, And I'm an actor and a writer and a director, and I, I've been working in L.A. acting for 20 uh, years, and I, I, I wrote and directed, <laughs> co-wrote and directed a movie and a Broadway musical. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. The movie's called Space Station 76, and it's sci-fi, retro sci-fi with Patrick Wilson and Liv Tyler and Matt Bomer, and it's my baby. I love my movie. It takes place in the future as we imagined it in the 70s, and it's kind of sad, and everybody's messed up and angry, and (laughs) it's a funny movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's out. You can download it anywhere. It was in theaters for a week, but I, which is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that's and, and it yeah, just, a big it, deal. Yeah, it was, it was a dream come true. And you teach classes. You're it's my shows. hobby. I love helping actors. Yeah. And I help them with a self-help kind of approach to acting that's focused on love instead of fear. And what I, what's really neat is when, when actors work with me without realizing it, they're learning self-help techniques, how to control their thoughts, how to not be anxious in all of their life. And, and they're not even aware that they're learning all that. I'm so it's signing fun. up. 
I, you don't remember, but I took your class like 10 no, years ago. Not. And I, it's a $5 class, which is like the most, like the gentlest, kindest thing you can do for yes. like a young actor in the city. And it was just like a big hug. None oh. of it was felt punitive or like good or bad. It was just like, here's how you relax when it's time <laughs> so for you to nice. perform. Yeah. I, I couldn't apply it, but I certainly understood <laughs> it. You're why I write without it. Don't worry. <laughs> I refer to it every time I audition. I like look at it and go. Um, okay. All right. So we're talking about first holiday away from home. First holiday away from home. So I was thinking about this, and Ian is going to help me with this uh, because we had the same first holidays away from home. And he actually remembered more details of a holiday that we had that I didn't remember. So my actual first holiday away from home was Halloween. I, Where we grew up, we didn't get trick-or-treaters, and I was always bummed. So when... I moved to L.A. when I was 18. I thought, ooh, I'm going to get trick-or-treaters. No trick-or-treaters. The next one was Thanksgiving. Did you go trick-or-treating in Hawaii? Uh, Yes. Okay, they just didn't just. I think L.A. 20 years ago is the same as L.A. now, where trick-or-treaters go to neighborhoods that are set up for trick-or-treating. Because I lived in a good... I lived in Santa Monica on a nice street. It was famous. No, the first apartment I had was Santa Monica. Oh. And just... I don't know, just nobody, nobody came. came. And I was so excited that it just didn't happen. Um, <sighs> Thanksgiving, I believe I went and s- with my cousin. Uh, and I don't think you were here yet, Ian, for that one. The first Thanksgiving. The first Christmas, I don't want to talk about because I only remember smatterings of it. And it's kind of depressing. But I'll <laughs> tell you some great things and some bad things. Um, so the whole family flew to Lake Tahoe for Christmas. And I flew from L.A. to Reno and then had to take a bus to Tahoe, which is a very overwhelming thing when you're 18 and you don't do anything for yourself. Um, and when I got into town... To take the bus? Well, just to be like, I, you get on a plane by yourself and you get off a plane and you have to find a bus station. You have to get mm-hmm. on a bus. Like, my dad had paid for everything and arranged everything, but that's very overwhelming when you're 18. Even though I've been living in L.A. and bussing around, it just... I remember, it's also pre-smartphones and pre... Yeah, none of that stuff. So, um, and then we got into town and it was... I don't know if Lake Tahoe is like this still, but it was very quaint. It felt very, like, one street and everything was one story and seemed storybooky or whatever. And I went into the store and um, I saw this stuffed stuffed animal moose head that you would hang up like it was a real uh-huh. moose head. And I bought <laughs> it and I remember Ian or Heather, my siblings, saying... Really? You're gonna you're gonna get that? Like, isn't that kind of a lot? And I was like, No, I mean, I had a job. I'd bought a bunch of fancy things for everybody. Well, this was like an expensive thing. It wasn't. It was like thirty dollars. But you know, when you're young, thirty dollars is a lot of money. Um, and but I had a job, and I was like, Yes, of course. And then it turns out what happened was. On Christmas Day, uh, as I gave my little sister the moose head, I got the moose head as a joint gift from Ian and Heather. They went halfsies. Yeah. They went <laughs> on the same present that I went holding. They had a $15 budget. Yeah. <laughs> and for years, we had two moose heads, <laughs> Jen and I, because we lived together. And we gave one to somebody. I can't remember who we gave it to, but we still have that moose head. One of ours. I don't know who whose. And we hang it up every Christmas. Um, it's a stuffed animal. Oh, it's moose not head. a year-round thing. No, no, no. Um, we put a, a red bow tie on it. For are you trying to when you're emphasizing stuffed animal, you're trying to make people aware that it is not a real moose. <laughs> it is yeah. not a real moose. <laughs> I understand what you're trying to do. Anyway, the, the my scattered memories from that are like 
we went to see a magic show and my mom cried and none of us were nice to her, which is <laughs> terrible. Uh, and then, yeah. Yeah. Ian, your thoughts? No, it was just a moment. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, <laughs> the next, I feel so bad. Then the next memory was uh, the plane ride home. I did that thing where your ears won't pop. Oh. And I had made friends with somebody and she was talking to me. And as we started to decline, uh, I couldn't hear her and it felt like somebody was stabbing me in the ears with just ice picks and just like uh uh-huh uh-huh and like trying to chew gum and trying to it was just one of the worst pains I've ever had in my entire life um so then I had like a series of holidays Ian came out so this is an Ian thing that he remembered a Thanksgiving when I came out to visit by myself yeah tell this story not that much to tell but yeah uh, I came out to visit Los Angeles for the first time Colleen and we rented a car. I was 23 years old or 22 years old. So we had to find, like, the one place that would rent somebody under 25 a car. And it was, like, a Toyota Corolla. We drove up <laughs> Malibu, not quite as far as, like, Point Magoo, which was a big adventure. Yeah, we'd never driven that far <laughs> in our lives. And then drove back. And then we went to Thanksgiving with our cousins, our, our Orange County cousins. <laughs> That means something. I mean, the way you we said know, it, apparently it, it does. Uh, and we bought white Zinfandel because we weren't sure if we were going to get red or white. So we got so the we middle. Sc- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they drank it. Yeah. They, I, they scoffed, but they drank it. Yeah, I think and we our, got the big bottle. Yeah, Not the, the jug, Ernest and Julio but the large, like, yeah. like a two Ernest liter. and Julio Gallo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, what? Uncle George made some racist remarks. Oh, I don't know that Uncle George was racist. Not like... More more humor than, than <laughs> oh, derogatory. Funny racism. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's all I remember. So then the next holiday that stands out to me is um I it was the two thousand to you know, nineteen ninety nine to mm-hmm. two thousand thing when we were all gonna die from the Y two K bug, right? Sure, sure. And um Ian, Heather and I were all living in the same apartment together and my parents came out and Jennifer came out, our sister, and um I worked this job, Broadway Deli, which was it just doesn't exist anymore, but it was this restaurant that was open all the time. You know, it was on Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that kind of stuff. And I'd only been working there for a couple of months, and they said, you're going to have to work on Christmas oh. and New Year's. And I said, no, and I quit, which is a very funny thing that, like, we're going to get you. And just, no, I won't. <laughs> I had another job. I was waiting tables at another place. So I just said, no. Um... And we had a very sort of non-amazing, if I was going to tell the tale of my two, 1999, 2000 Christmas, which I wanted. I wanted to have like some giant New Year's Eve story. But all that really happened was we lived in Park La Brea, which is a weird apartment <clears throat> structure that has towers. And we went to the roof and we just watched the fireworks around the city. Did you think the world was going to come to an end? Like you went to get a vista? No, I, <laughs> I had zero fear of that I just knew it was a biggin so that whenever it says like where were you on that which actually nobody asks nobody cares <laughs> nobody cares it's not a huge story it's, no, not, it's not even the Kennedy assassination like, no. no but at the time I thought I had to have a story and then you know the next year you know eight months later when my dad died or nine months later when my dad died I was very very the story was I'm so happy I didn't work at stupid Broadway deli yeah. during that holiday I'm happy I was home with my dad uh, so I, th- I was thinking about this in the car, the story I wanted to tell, which is, you're like, oh, she still has another story. So, 
I wasn't thinking that. <laughs> After my dad died, holidays became sort of a free-for-all, right? Like, we, my mom bought this beautiful house in Portland, and it was very Christmassy. You know, there was snow, it was all wood, it was all these sort of hunter greens and... Your dad dies and your mom moves to a beautiful house? Yeah. That's okay. I know. Uh, so it felt like after he died, there was this new touchstone and there was this new place. And oh, we were going to, okay. we grew up in Hawaii where Christmas was always, it was lovely, but it wasn't the movies Christmas. And my mom bought this house in Portland and it looked like the movies. It mm, snowed. Fresh new start. I yeah. Suppose. And it, and it, she was in the woodsy kind of thing. And I, I remember I was trying to be fit and I would walk like, a block down to some school and walk around its empty track. Like, it just felt so nurturing and loving and amazing. We ate so many meats. Like there's so much meats. Yeah, my mom would make so many like blank steaks. And that steaks is not what I thought you meant. And roast chickens, and it it was so Christmassy, and it felt and like the Harry Potter. We were probably like four deep in the Harry Potter, so Ooh, you could read them, and you know, just I don't remember the year, but and then it felt amazing, and it felt like okay. We've got a new place. Everything's ruined. Everything's broken. But my mom has c created a new home. But then my mom fell in love and married somebody. And that person has a family and has stuff. And all of a sudden it's like the fa their family's moved in. And uh, stepmom's collection of sweatshirts is taking over one of the rooms. And it wasn't like you could. I know that sounds weird, but I don't want to get into it. But uh, uh <laughs> It just meant it wasn't a place you could go anymore. It wasn't the same thing. And we had a couple false starts, like my sister got married and whatever. But I realized I was, like, looking for a home thing. And when we adopted our dog, Blue, so we adopted a yellow Labrador when he was three years old. He was amazing. Home became our home. Mm -hmm. And we did the thing of, no, Christmas is here, mm. and Thanksgiving is here, wow. and it's home isn't where my mom is, and mm. home isn't where my dad isn't, and home isn't where somebody else gets, because I'm not married, I don't have kids, I don't have a boyfriend, I don't have anything that like most people hang their hat on when they form a new home. Home was Ian, Jennifer, and I, and Blue, and um, mm. it's, an, it's an amazing thing, because you just, it's as simple as like getting a beautiful yellow ball of joy and just being like this is my this is where I want to spend my holidays and this is where I want to I don't know it doesn't feel lonely anymore and it doesn't feel like something's missing well it was also our expansive group of friends because we've had Thanksgivings with 35 people yeah and Christmases with 15 to 20 people and everybody brings food and cooks and it's everybody who's a reject mm -hmm. yeah. who stays yeah. in town and, and doesn't want to go wherever that other like horrific place with their family is yeah. Is, yeah, but hearing you tell this story because I've seen the pictures of on you know and I've been invited occasionally, but and we'll get to why I always say no, but because um, <laughs> um, of my family, but um, it changes that changes the way that I see those things because I always saw them as the friendsgiving of like no, but now I I hearing you talk about them that way makes me really love you even more. Like that's become such a beautiful thing for you. I love it. Yeah, because. For those of you who haven't seen, aren't Facebook friends with me, uh, every Thanksgiving we have a giant Thanksgiving, and actually they've gotten smaller because our friend group has gotten more and more Everybody settled. Gets 
right. which is lovely. It's nice to go that there are less people there because more people have now now have family. homes and right. family and stuff. But it's 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 really lovely, and I don't I don't anymore. Ha- I mean, of course, I miss my dad and I miss my mom and all that kind of stuff. But I don't have that feeling anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like my house is home, and People can come there and feel at home. It's what I feel like we should end the podcast right here. Oh. It's so nice. it's so <laughs> but anyway, that's my story. Oh, yeah. Great. I love that. I love that so much. It's a great way to look at the concept of coming of age is the moment that your house is your home. Yes. For, for holidays. When you're not away from home anymore. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and that's hard. Actually, I think it's hard to accomplish in Los Angeles because it's so transient here. And even when you've lived here a long time, you've lived, you move a lot. Like most people have several apartments in LA. Yeah. You don't just move to an apartment and never move again. You have roommates. You move around. You're in the valley. You're not in the valley. You're on the beach. You're wherever. So to really feel, I mean, I know you've lived in the apartment you're in for a long time, but to really feel. But also for us who who grew up in houses, it is hard for me to ever feel like my apartment is that. And I still Mm. have that. I have to. And I try not to judge it, but it's an apartment. I have to make my brain stop doing that because I look around when I go away and I come back to my apartment. I go, "This is your home. This is where you live." Just because it's not a house. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, I grew up in a house. People in Manhattan never have houses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I lived in a bus. Home. Well, and as someone who attends all of these affairs, like <laughs> it's it is home. It's not an event. It is always a beautiful table and amazing food. But you can come over like any time of day in any pajama or gown, like anywhere <laughs> in that spectrum, and you are welcome. Like the door's always open. Nobody's there with anything but like a hug and a glass of wine. Like it is a, it is home. Yeah, and there's always a dog to jump on you and ruin your gown. Yes, <laughs> that's why I wear my pajamas. <laughs> learned all right margie mcgee margie mcgee um i'm feeling so sentimental after thinking about jack's acting class and your (laughs) home that i belong to so i'm gonna tell like a relatively unsentimental story yay um so the holiday it centers around is the fourth of july (laughs) and it was away from home but i was still with my family Mm -hmm. um so i was like nine my sister was probably 12 And my dad, who is a recreational sailor, decided that he would sign us up for a two-week cruise on a 30-foot sailboat, which is not big. It's small. We have similar stories. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Two weeks off the coast of Maine Mm. um, with his sailor buddies, uh, Forbes and Emily. Oh, God. we never met. Uh, I was like nine Caroline, my sister, was like 12. I love that your dad is a recreational sailor. He doesn't know how to swim. Story for another time. (laughs) (laughs) Also fine. Um, So, and it it was a weird move because my dad is, um, he's like some combination of only like impatience and control freak. So anytime he would take Caroline and I on like a, a day sail, like five hours at sea, he has no patience. It was awful. We'd all return in the worst moods. It was just him going like, Margaret, turn the winch handle. And like, Margaret, watch the boom. Tack, Margaret, tack. And just screaming for five hours straight. It was awful. So then he decides the best thing to do would be to take the whole family on a two-week trip off the coast of Maine. So we show up to this boat. And uh, we are introduced to Forbes and Emily Forbes is like this leathery, lean, 
uh, like crusty sailor man, and Emily is like the same. She has like the same man's no fuss haircut and like the same like liver spotted arms. And the same, like, disdain for children. They both seem to, like, hate kids. Hi, here we are. So um, we, like, before Emily even gets, like, a hello out, she's dragged us all down below to the kitchen area, the galley, um, to tell us about her food rationing rules. Now, mind you, this is vacation. Yeah. We'll be, the coast will be in sight the whole time. <laughs> we're not shipwrecked. We're not lost at sea. Yeah. But she has, like, very strict food rules. And <laughs> the thing I remember the most, because all of it was just, like, I don't give a shit about, like, canned goods. But she opened a drawer that had Oreos in it. And I was like, yeah! And she was like, one a day! <gasps> one a day! <laughs> And it was, we were like, okay, we were like terrified and trembling and you knew not to fuck with Emily. And she was just, she was a joyless human being. We, my sister and I shared the cabin at the bow of the boat. So like our feet were touching and then our bodies went out in a V and my head was right up against the bathroom, the head. And uh, every morning, Emily would take, like, personality reflective farts. They were, like, aggressive and, like, (laughs) purposeful. And if you know me, you know that fart sounds are, I think it is the most hilarious thing in the world. But I was, my sister and I would stare at each other and I would, like, bite my cheeks because you can't laugh because I'm sure she would come in and chastise us and be like, you know, yeah, I farted, what's next? You know, she's just... Do you think this is the source of your farting thing? No, I already thought farts were hilarious, but like that summer I was robbed because oh. every fucking morning she was there like clockwork just blasting my what head was she off. Eating? I don't fucking know because she was not feeding the rest of us. So for By the way, I think we should do my first time farts. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I will listen. I wouldn't be able to do it because I would just I would laugh the whole time. Um, so for dinner, the first night I'm doing air quotes for dinner, she made soup. She said soups for dinner. We were like, that's fine. And she brought up these like tin camping <laughs> cups of just hot cooking sherry, which if you've what? ever, it smells like open ass and it tastes like, like tangy black mold. It's like awful. So it was just That was alcohol? the soup? Well, she cooked it. So apparently the alcohol had burned off, but like. As a kid, there's nothing, it was just disgusting. The smell was gross, the taste was awful. But because she's so mental about food, we like gagged it down because we were afraid to waste because I think she'd kill us in the night. Um, (laughs) So that was sort of the, uh, and that, by the way, was her like best meal. That was her like, (laughs) yes, the resistance. Everything she cooked was hateful and disgusting. And, um, When we had to eat together, my sister and I would do our best to choke it down. But there was one day where we got served lunch at the bow of the boat. My sister and I were sitting at the front of the boat alone, and all the adults were back in the cockpit. And Emily brought us um, fluffernutters, but the Emily version, on, like, dry, small raisin bread. (gasps) And with that, like, oily, separate peanut butter. (laughs) And it was just so awful and sad. And it was cut in half on a paper plate, and I ate half of it, but I hate raisins, I hate raisin bread, and also it was terrible, even if you like those things. Yeah. So, but I was too afraid to bring the uneaten half back, so I just, I threw it overboard. 
um, and learned that marshmallow fluff floats. Oh. So my sister and I were like, oh, <laughs> my God. It was as if we'd killed someone and the body was yeah. floating. It was just bobbing at the surface. And we were like, oh, my God, she's going to fucking kill us. And then we had to do the thing where you're like, act natural. But we were like talking about like, how do we conceal our fucking mess? And it wouldn't leave the side. We had anchored in like a cove, and it would not leave like the side of the boat. It was just there haunting us. And at one point, um, there like a pod of porpoises came up beside the boat, and we were like, "Oh, good! They're gonna—they smell it. They're gonna eat it and take it away." No, no, no. no. They just like played around it and splashed, so it like drew more attention. <laughs> and you know, fortunately, the adults like didn't care, so they didn't catch us. And Emily. Um, shouted to us that we were going to pull up anchor and sail on. And the the way my sister and I watched that fluffernutter disappear onto the horizon as we, like, <laughs> sailed away from it, I mean, it truly was, like... Um, like I've, you know, I've never given birth, but people describe <laughs> that feeling of, like, exhaustion and elation after labor, and I feel like that maybe is what that was. Because yes. it was just exactly like tears that. and laughter and just, like, the biggest, like, we escaped death is what happened. <laughs> um, so, so... how did Fourth of July play into this? Oh, I'm getting oh, there. Okay. So we had 13 days of starvation on this boat. And my parents um, were also feeling that. Like, Forbes and Emily somehow could s exist on this, I don't know what this diet is, but it's just... Yeah. garbage tragedy diet. Um, so my parents were starving too. We were all so hungry. So we make it 13 days. Jesus. And on the 14th day, it's the 4th of July, and we're going to go ashore to like a little cocktail reception on some like lawn. Um, <laughs> and we get on to the land like starved, crazed <laughs> beasts. Like we're all just... Like, you know, we're just looking for food and have an eye out for it anywhere. And this poor waiter passed by with, like, a tray of past appetizers. And you ask any one of us, my mom, my dad, my sister, or me, and we can describe this food in detail to this day. About a quarter size circle of white toast with, like, the littlest bit of roast beef on it and, like, horseradish creme mm. fraiche on top. Yeah. And we shoveled that shit. We were, like, fighting each other for it. Nothing has ever tasted better in our lives. I don't know if it was frozen or if it actually was that delicious, but it was, like, you know, manna from heaven at that point for us. And we, we wound up... Um, it was a cocktail event, and Dad, my dad, who was a sailor, knew a lot of these people, but the four of us just wound up posted up outside the catering tent, and just, like, <laughs> anytime someone came by, and it was always that roast beef, and we were just, you know, ravenously eating roast beef sandwiches, and I can remember... I can remember where the sun was. It was like a beautiful day, but we were all just starving. So we, you know, could only focus on the food at this 4th of July celebration. I don't remember fireworks. I just remember being fed and being like moderately satiated and never happier in my life. And I think like our family, you know, we're, you know, we're a dysfunctional crew and there was not a lot of things that we agreed on. I should speak in the present tense, agree on or get along about. Yeah. But this one event, anytime we bring it up, it is like all four of us had the same experience uh -huh. of this trip. Even my dad, who is a sailor and likes those two people, Forbes and Emily, it was it was like a unifying family moment that although, you know, we felt like we were gonna die and that we were under threat of death the whole time. It was, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's like a the one bonding moment that I feel like 
we can sort of hang on to as a That's crew. Fantastic. So yeah. And at no point did your parents go like, let's just go get some food. At one point, Forbes and Emily wanted to do laundry, which was shocking because they appeared to wear the same clothes every day <laughs> and they smelled like it. And so they were like, we should send someone ashore to do laundry. And we were like, we'll go. <laughs> so all four of us got in a dinghy and cruised ashore and we saw a Burger King and like went straight for it and just like, you know, ate as much as we could. And yeah, it was tragic. Was it just, you were just subjected to their rations? There was no way to go like, there was not room for you to, like if you were going ashore to restock, you could bring stuff on. But they were so regimented. Like we went ashore to do laundry and they knew how much time that would take, like to get the dinghy to the shore, put the laundry in. <laughs> it's like a get, V.C. Andrews It, it was terrible. Yeah. I, I don't, it sounds There's insane in cyanide retrospect. on the... The powdered donuts. It's bonkers, like, looking back on it. But yeah. all of us were, like, they, we were at their mercy. We yeah. were on their boat. Did you want to get back Ugh. on the boat to go home? No. We, once we were in, once we were at the roast beef festival, <laughs> also on the 4th of July to other people who were there, uh, then we were able to get on a flight and go home. I always call it the roast beef of July. Sure. <laughs> I think that's what the founding fathers intended. I did get busted. I stole an Oreo in the middle of the night. And that bitch lit me up first thing in the morning. She does inventory every night, wow. apparently. What one is, Oreo. I had two one rigid. day. Oh, my God. They live on the boat full time all year? Yeah. But they're they're the people, like, I guess, in the, you know, if they're alive still, in the, like, you know, post-apocalyptic thing, are like, hey, 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 and then skin right. cancer kills Well, them. that's what I was thinking. Like, they're just, they're... Acting as if they're already stranded on a desert island. Yeah, it's all it preserved is, food that lasts six months. <clears throat> it's no cans, fun. Yeah. Nothing. It was like, and by the way, I hear myself. I'm like, could I be whiter? I'm like, I was on a sailboat and sort of hungry for a couple. <laughs> <of years. laughs> it's just no fun. My life is very hard. Hey, uh, <laughs> um, but it seems like if you're gonna live on a sailboat, like you think like yacht life, and I'm on a boat, and yeah. it was uh, none of that. It was so. It was like prison at sea. It was so terrible. How did you kill two weeks? What did you do with your time? I remember writing letters and I would draw <laughs> pictures on the envelopes, you know, like uh, pictures of the food we ate because I, I was so hungry. Parents protect you from this. I don't. They couldn't protect themselves. I think apparently. we were all, the shore was like right there, <gasps> but like we didn't have access to it. Like they, you know, <gasps> rationed so gas so and like everything. It was wow. just. Forbes yeah, Forbes their names right. too. It sounds so like disgustingly, you know, like what am I thinking of? Tennis club, golf club. <laughs> For them, yeah, like yeah. salty sea people, and like Forbes chased us around with a live lobster, thinking that was hilarious. Did you eat lobster at least? Well, he cooked it, but we, you know, it was like a pack of lions. Like the adults ate first, and then the kids got what was left. And uh, what's left of a lobster is like that poo trail. Uh, you know, <laughs> like we did not, like, feast. Hi. We left you the poo trail. <laughs> I know. We were like, cool. If you want a whiter thing is Ian and I were on a yacht in uh, Tanzania. Uh, where, uh, where uh, Zanzibar, where we were being, it, everything was being paid for for us, and the woman who was in charge brought us uh, out a snack of 
roasted cashews that were very burnt. Oh, they were delightful the first time. Yeah, but they weren't roasted. It was like raw cashews with a burnt spot. She pan fried. Yeah, and we <laughs> were like, speak with the chef, please. And we were, speak it was like chef. fine because people were hungry. And then the next day when we went out on the yacht, uh, they it was the same thing. We're like more burnt cashews. <laughs> Isn't I mean, there that... some variety on this menu? <laughs> Couldn't you burn a pecan? Yeah. Well, and then the third day it was. More burnt cashews. Yeah, it was a lot of burnt cashews. Progressively burnt. But, well, maybe she heard you complaining, and she was like, burn them more. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I think she burnt them the once, and they just got colder and older. Um, yacht life, am I right? Hashtag yacht life. <laughs> Yay! Yay! All right, Jack. Okay, hi. Oh, so my first holiday away from home story is literally one of my very first memories. It happened when I was five, and um, I'm the youngest of four kids. So uh, my oldest sister is 10. It was like 10, 8, 6, and 5. And we were going to be sent off to my Uncle George's house for a week. I have no idea why. <laughs> and because my Uncle George, we, like, we never really hung out with him much. I guess he had come to visit, but my parents were shipping us off, literally, like, on a plane. So it puts these tiny, tiny babies on a plane to go spend a week in Virginia with Uncle George and his wife, Rona, who no don't... No adult supervision on the plane? No. Okay. Who don't have any kids George and don't and want them. George oh. and Rona. I know, isn't that funny? I have an Uncle George in my story, too. You, you <laughs> had one, right. So anyway, um, we get there. He doesn't really understand children, I guess, because what he did was pretty shortly after getting there, I, I don't know if it was to keep us busy or if he needed the room painted, but he had us... <laughs> he had us paint a room. And he left. So he basically gave... Four children under 10. I'm a five-year-old. Handed me a paintbrush. And he said, okay, kids, here's cans of paint. Paint this room with no other details. And he left. And we were completely dumbfounded. But we each just started painting somewhere. And I, I remember. This is, these are my, some of my first memories. I remember painting the door to the room. And probably, you know, I'd never painted before in my life. I had just come out of my mom's vagina, for God's sake. Anyway, so we're painting the ceiling, the floors, the wall. And he comes home. And this is where the story gets truly shocking because he screamed at us for doing a bad job painting. Yes, a five-year-old didn't paint his living room correctly. And I will never forget this, but we painted the ceiling. He had, much like this room where now he had wood beams going across the ceiling. And, and I remember we had stayed off the wood, but we did get some paint on the wood. He was so angry, he got a chair, stood up on it, and pulled the wood beams down off the ceiling. What? Amid screwing. Anyway, so, I mean, it was... Wait, it were was, you freaking out while this was happening? Uh, yes, but it was that, if I recall, it was that, so, you're so shocked that you just go dead. Yeah. And you don't want to, I don't remember anybody crying. Uh, it was just shock, because yeah. our parents didn't behave like that. And he never behaved like that before. Was he so anyway, on your mom's side or your dad's side? On my mom's side. Okay. He's a good man. <laughs> but, no, no, but you guys, so anyway, so it talk about instant karma. So after doing that crazy fucking thing, shortly thereafter, literally like probably the next day, my brother David, the oldest boy, he's not uh, eight, he got like a stomach flu or something and he really didn't feel good and they didn't know what to do and he threw up and so they gave him Pepto-Bismol uh, to, and to wash it down some grape juice. Now, they didn't have kids, had no plan of getting kids and they had white carpet oh. all throughout the house. Now, this stomach flu was worse than anyone could have ever expected because he threw up that mixture of Pepto-Bismol and grape juice which was now purple 
all over my Uncle George's <laughs> white carpet. But the thing is, he just didn't stop throwing up. And there was something seriously wrong with this 18-year-old boy. And it turns out that a few months earlier, my brother had started babysitting a, a neighbor boy, a very rich neighbor boy, had a pet monkey. And my brother was babysitting this cute little monkey, which, by the way, wasn't cute. I was absolutely terrified of it because what it would do is get on your head, grab hair, and not come off. Anyway, I hated that monkey, but I wanted to love it because it was a monkey and, you know, like a Disney cartoon. No memory of that. And so apparently this monkey had bitten my brother and he got a jungle virus called shigalosis and was dying. (laughs) Oh, my God. He was dying. So they put him on a medical... Who knew, like a medical plane because they didn't know if he was contagious and going to get us all sick. And my brother flew home, and then we flew home after, and he came literally within hours of death um, from shigalosis, whatever that is. And the way you get over is they had to give him shots and everything. So, why did everything wait, I don't know. This is just what happened. I'm not a doctor, it's a Colleen. Witch doctor. Yeah. I love a five year old's memory. He said, shot in every finger. Yes, he did, though. I remember that. So, anyway. Where that, did you grow up? I grew up in Ohio. And this, you, your uncle was where? Virginia? I think Virginia. Okay. And the, yeah. So that's that story. But I thought I would tell the second holiday away from Wait, home, home I remember. I don't know because the problem is I'm five. And those right. are the details I remember. But I'm happy to unpack. But your brother survived. He did survive. Was he in the yes. hospital? But he was always time? breaking something. He was like, let's, he would like go up in a tree to take a picture and break his pelvis. Like, he was that he guy. He was a monkey. Because of the shigalosis? No, he was just always <laughs> fucking. It's that, you know, just some people, they're accident prone. Yeah. So he spent a year in a wheelchair from breaking his pelvis. He would, my mom was like, I'm going to throw you in the pool. And he like freaked out and she slipped and then he hit his head on the side of the pool. Like, that was just my brother. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> For his 50th birthday, he was driving home to his new apartment, and he hit a pothole. He's in a memory of this, but he 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 flipped over the bike and broke his neck. And, but but it healed. It healed. Uh, but um, the same month, he found out he has MS. So that's my brother. Okay. David. Before we move on to the next story, what color did he have you paint the room? Oh, you know that's interesting. I feel. I mean, I can only guess. In my little five-year-old brain thinks it was green. Oh, but I don't remember. It may have been white. What a dummy that he left. I know. That's so I mean, ridiculous. it's completely mind-boggling. And yeah. I, I don't understand it. But I will say, I think he's on the spectrum. Maybe that's it. Oh. Yeah. But he just me. thought, here, I got some free labor. But the paint fumes alone. Yeah. Four that's what I was thinking you were like, going to say, that yeah. he like, ingested some paint or something and he was poisoned, your brother. No, not at all. It no, he had a jungle fever. He had jungle fever. He had jungle fever. All right. Yes. He gave you a ladder to get to the ceiling? We must have. We were tiny children. Small children were on a ladder that was high enough to get them to a ceiling unsupervised. And then he's furious we get it on the wood. So the next vacation... Now, when I was too young to remember, we did go to Disney World. And Disney World, kind of, my whole family, sort of, our our whole um, beginning, middle, and end of our family is in Disney World. So anyway, we. So I, <laughs> one of my first things I did was go to Disney World, but I don't remember that. But then, when I was old enough to remember, and now I'm about seven, my dad, this is kind of crazy, but he was vice president of Hustler Magazine. Hey! Because yeah. it was stationed in Columbus, Ohio. And he was really in charge of the finances. He was chief financial officer. And I, I remember going Flint. to Larry Flint's yeah. mansion and playing softball and meeting Althea, who to my brain looked like Cher. And we would play softball at his house, and the team was called the Beavers, of course. And it had a picture of a beaver on the sweatshirt, and I loved my beaver sweatshirt. So anyway, right around the time, all of a sudden one day, my parents were like, 
we're going to Florida. And we were like, wait, what? He's like, we're going to Disney World. Turns out what had happened was that Larry Flint got shot. Ah. And my dad, and nobody knew why he was shot. My dad thought we were next. And for all they knew, a gunman was coming to our little suburban home to shoot all of us. So we hopped in the van and all of a sudden I was getting to go to Disney World and the whole way down there I will never forget my mom had this little tape recorder and they were like recording everything he knew about Hustler Magazine and everything he knew about Larry Flint and so yeah so we go to Disney wow. World were they on cocaine at any moment or it just- sure sounds like the way I'm putting it but no he wasn't that kind of even though he ran Hustler he wasn't that kind of guy yeah yeah, yeah. and I remember going, when I went to the publication office they had a big table of porn magazines so of course and like back in the 70s that wasn't weird to just have that out right it yeah. wasn't no oh no I remember at the Ohio State Fair in 1977 there was a video game called Stripper where you there would be a, a um, literally a photo of a woman wearing clothes with a target in the middle and the photo would be moving and you'd shoot the target and if you hit the target it would go to the next slide which would be the same woman with one article less of clothing till you finally saw everything and that was in the 70s in an arcade at the Ohio State Fair for anyone to look at Ian why are you (laughs) I should google that I'm very curious if it was a one machine thing or if they had a lot of them so anyway, so uh, moving on to like, and, but that trip, obviously we couldn't just keep going into the kingdom. So we learned this new thing where we would just do everything free and kind of convince ourselves we had gone to Disney World. Like we would hang out at the Contemporary Hotel and we would go to Lake Buena Vista. And so that sort of continued and we kept going back to Disney World. And my family ended at Epcot Center in 1987. We were, my dad and mom's relationship was just, it was gone and my most of my siblings were in college and I was just left there alone with their terrible silence and anger at each other so anyway we tried one last family trip to Epcot Center and there's a bridge between like Germany and Hungary or something like that in the world (laughs) showcase and I'll never forget we were walking over that bridge and a fight happened and literally half the family went back the one way and the rest of the family continued the other and it was like on that bridge that my family split up and one went to Germany and one went to Hungary Hungary. (laughs) well we really all just kind of went to separate countries (laughs) so anyway so that's my story what was the original holiday of the first story that was just the first time we had ever been away from home like a holiday meaning sort of I took the British (laughs) the British definition of holiday went to holiday (laughs) (laughs) yes got it why do you think your parents sent you on the first one? Were they doing something? Cocaine. Ah, yes. <laughs> I need a week of blow. Right. No, they weren't like that, but they did. were really invested in work, so maybe they were just, like, working. I don't know why they did that. Just to get some free time. Did you ever feel, other than you said the porn at the places, anything about your dad's job that, like, touched your lives? touched our lives at anything but hustler yeah well we really can't like i i my friends wouldn't have even known it i barely noticed that he ran hustler magazine for the because it also was only a few years my dad had a terrible luck with jobs he he was like a big wig at borden in new york which is where all his family is and they were like we want you to move to ohio to run ohio and he was like but all my loved ones are and they moved to ohio a month after moving to Ohio, they said, we need you to fire everyone in the Ohio branch, and you're fired. <gasps> so it was heartbreaking, and he could never hold a regular job down after that. Mm-hmm. So he worked for, like, Hustler. And then, oh, but this one was good. Speaking of not only the, can- uh, the candy warehouse, before the candy warehouse, my dad ran a video game service. And so they had eight, when video games were the hottest thing you could ever imagine. We're talking, like, Space Invaders Pac-Man time. 
they had a warehouse of video games that were all free to play, and he would bring us there and set us free <gasps> all, for an entire Sunday. I had yes. a lot. I know that, and then the Willy Wonka Candy Factory. Willy yeah. Wonka yeah. and video games and, and porn. porn. And porn. Like, I had, and oh, I had a like sweet childhood. Yeah. 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 No, it was, it was good. But then, you know, then it was... They were never a happy couple, so there was always that. But when all my siblings were there, there was enough noise and singing and wrestling you didn't notice. But then being the last one there, as yeah. each one would leave, it would get quieter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally, they're like, good, they're gone. We don't have to be around each other anymore. <laughs> God. Have you been back to Disney World since? The, the Yes, great and the last time I went to Disney, it wasn't Disney World, but Disneyland, I did LSD. There you go. <laughs> I thought that seemed like a nice way to bookend it. And it was, I'll never forget, we had just, the parade had just ended. I went into the bathroom to pee. And literally, I'm looking down at the floor, and to me, that floor of that bathroom was far more fascinating than that parade because those <laughs> tiles were dancing. <laughs> I had never done LSD. I'd never done it. You did it for the first time at Disneyland. Yeah, the electric light parade, like <laughs> yeah. And I just felt like such a fool that I'm like in this bathroom, not wanting to walk away from the urinal because I'm watching a parade <laughs> on the tiles. Great. <laughs> That's great. It. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. That's fantastic. Yay! Yay! Indeed. All right, Mary Jo. So, in classic Mary Jo style, when this topic was brought up, I thought, <laughs> I don't have any stories. And then? Well, but then I, because I originally thought, like, because my family, we have holidays together. Um, we, it's I've been a, I have been apart from them a couple of times, actually um, more times than I'm surprised by how many times I actually have spent holidays away. But it's because because we're so determined to have holidays together, we don't care what date it happens. Uh. So like Christmas could be December 27th. Um, as long as we are together and, and there's a lot of manipulation and, and uh, around kids and Santa and how we can make that work and things like that. But we can make, we, we do it. Um, I have... Had um, some, uh, only once, twice, <laughs> only once have I, um, when I was in the Sunday company, was the very first time that I didn't have Thanksgiving with my family because I couldn't leave because I was in the Sunday company. Which and, is a theater company in LA. Oh, sorry. Part, for, of, the part of the Groundlings. Groundlings. Yeah. And um, thank you. And um, none of my family lived here at the time. I was the only one that lived in LA and I couldn't travel. It was the first time in my whole life that I couldn't go home for Thanksgiving and I was devastated and I got invited by another cast member to his uh, family's house and um, this is so weird that this just happened because a couple weekends ago I went to a birthday party and I heard somebody say my name and I turned around and it was the mother of that person that I was in the Sunday company with who I hadn't seen in years and I started crying because she was so wonderful to me and I was like oh my god I have to tell you that year and I mean it was just like this most beautiful because I was so homesick and I wanted to be with my family so bad and I knew they were having Thanksgiving and I had never not been with them on Thanksgiving up until that point I was in my 20s by then and I was so devastated and she made it such a beautiful experience for me. And so I saw her at this party and I started crying. Anyway, that's not my story. Um, so my, um, and we've done like, you know, we, if you've listened to this podcast, you know I've lived on a bus. So we've certainly, like the home moved. So we had holidays in, on the bus, yeah. which I guess is still home. But um, so the, but the first, so the, my story is my very, really the first time that we went away for the holiday when we weren't living on a mobile home. Um, I was nine and I'm the oldest of five. So 
That means, because we're all two years apart, so that would mean 97531. Wow, yeah. And um, my parents were separated um, on their way to being divorced. My mother had a new boyfriend, and uh, his name was John. And um, my mom and John um, are both, my mom's retired now, but we're both um, uh, Reiki and Gestalt therapists, body work. And um, we were going to, they were going to a workshop in Mexico um, around Christmas time. So that we'll, we'll just make a vacation out of it. So, you know, in addition to going to the workshop, we'll take all the kids and we'll go to Mexico for Christmas. So we drove, we were living in Northern California at the time. So we had to drive from um, Willits which is probably three and a half hours north of San Francisco. So we had to drive from Willits to San Felipe, Mexico, which is on the east side of Baja. Mm. Um, and you cross the border at um, uh, uh, Calexico, Mexicali, like that. Like, um, really, it's like straight down from Salton Sea. Like east of Palm Springs, like just go straight down and you hit Calexico and you... It's like a 24-hour drive. Oh, it's a very long okay. drive. Okay. <laughs> Um, and, um, we, we were poor and, uh, we went in, we had a van, um, I grew up with a, a, we had a white Dodge van. When you have that many kids, you have a passenger van. Um, and her name was Beulah and she, uh, was a, a big white passenger van with like electric blue, um, benches, but bench seats. Um, so there was three bench seats all the way to the back and then two seats in the front because there were a lot of us. And, um... Uh, so we, we drove and we would drive straight through because, um, we, you know, we would sleep in the van and, uh, it's a very long drive and we would stop at restaurants, uh, occasionally to eat. But, um, John would like go to, uh, table some people who'd already left, but left leftover food on the table and (laughs) bring those plates to our table. To eat uh, food. And then we'd get back in the van. So we right around the time that we crossed over into Cal- it, out of California, out of the United States, and into Mexico, um, on our way to San Felipe, which is a couple of hours south of the border, um, we, we let, right after somewhere halfway between um, Mexicali and San Felipe, Beulah broke down. Um, oh. And... Um, so we somehow like we found a garage, um, and I have I have pretty clear memories of this. Although I did have to call my sister today to pick her brain about this a little bit. Um, we broke down. We somehow found a garage, a mechanic's garage, and um, John is um, John's a really interesting guy, and I love him so much. And he's really um, because my parents are so long divorced and I didn't, I don't have a relationship with my dad, but John is like, he was my mom's boyfriend for many years. And then even after they broke up, he remained a really big part of our family and my life. And he's really like the, he's like my stepdad. He's just more like my dad than my dad ever was. Um, he's, he's a really interesting character. He's, 6'2", and he was bald by the time he was 20. But not bald all the way bald, but just like that strip of bald, and he would just let the side of his hair grow. And I was thought, like, you're so much better than your haircut. Um, and uh, he is very animated and um, has a lot of energy. And, you know, we were homeschooled, which doesn't mean anything really. Uh, traditional homeschool didn't happen that way. It just was sort of like we just didn't go anywhere. And he, But he used to teach English. 
And what that meant was that he would read aloud from whatever book he happened to read, and like he would read aloud and act it out while he was reading. Like um, he read, uh, he read us "Waiting for Godot," oh, and he read, oh a, he read us every kid's um, favorite, yeah, <laughs> "Ruby Fruit Jungle," which is a like a lesbian feminist novel about a girl who like goes to find herself in New York and um, gets paid to like pelt. Um, dirty old men with grapefruits. This is crazy stories. Like, Super appropriate for children. Totally appropriate for children. So we break down in Mexicali and um, we somehow get to a garage and we don't speak Spanish and they don't speak English, but somehow um, we fig- they figure out what's wrong with the car, but they have to get a part from a neighboring town and there's, you know, like, I don't know how this is going to happen and whatever. And um, So they have the, gar- the vans, Beulah's at the garage and somehow it is decided that we are going to spend the night with this family that owns the garage. <laughs> and how close are we to Christmas? This is Christmas time, right? This is Christmas time. I don't know what the date was. Yeah. But, um, it was probably, a, I'm guessing that Christmas was probably going to be after the workshop because I think ultimately we get to the, we'll get there. But um, this is probably, you know, December 18th or something like mm-hmm. that. So well, what I remember is you said something earlier. You said, I think it was you that said scattered memories. And mm. that was such a perfect way to say this because I have such scattered memories of this. What I remember is we're going to go sleep in these strangers' home. We're going to go into this house. And they had, um, and this was like, this was a tiny, tiny, tiny town. This was not, I don't even know where we were. We're an hour south of Mexicali in the middle of Mexico, middle of Baja. Um, and uh, they were, clearly very poor family and what I remember is sitting on the ground and eating tortillas and beans with their children mm-hmm. and um, trying to communicate with each other and not being able to but just somehow like kids can just play and like it's fine and you just kind of try to figure it out and then um, we all slept on the floor in these people's house and they were so nice to us but it was such a weird feeling of like I don't know where the fuck we are and I don't know if this is safe and I don't know if this is okay but everybody seems to be having a good time and I was I do remember being very skeptical and and not very happy with the food choices and um and then the next day um the van got fixed so we drove we got back in the van and we drove south to San Felipe we got there they did the workshop um and I uh while they would do the workshop we would just sort of run around I don't know, just like running around San Felipe, just a bunch of kids, like wow. <laughs> running around Mexico. <laughs> Who's watching the one-year-old? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, we're just running around, and uh, and then the workshop was over, and so we, um, were, we were in the van, and we were like, now we're camping. So now we're just parked out somewhere in Baja and in a van, and what I remember is listening to my mother trying to quietly wrap presents without waking us up. Like, I could hear the paper <laughs> crinkling. And um, by not wanting to let her know that I was awake, but trying really hard to not let the baby wake up. And that year, I had asked Santa for a black velvet disco suit. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. um, and I... I didn't get a black velvet disco suit, but I did get a blue satin disco suit. Ah, next yeah. best thing. Blue satin disco suit, pants, pullover top, big, um, big blue, Color. 
bright electric blue, like the color, almost like the color of the seats of Beulah. A big, <laughs> wide collar. Oh, my God, I love that suit so much. And I had kind of a Elvisy pompadour haircut at the time. <laughs> uh, I was obsessed with disco. And um, and then we drove back. Um, and we, so we had Christmas in, in, in Mexico, and I opened my blue disco suit in Beulah. In the, oh, not in the stranger's house. No, we, we only were in the stranger's back. house for one night. Okay. And then we drove south to San Felipe, did the work. They did the workshop. After the workshop, we camped. We had Christmas. And then and I don't know if it was on December 25th or not. I don't remember that. You mentioned Santa. Like, did you get that your mom gave it to you? Because you heard her wrapping presents, or did you think oh, yeah, no, they I were... Knew. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want the other kids to wake up. So you asked Santa spoil that. quotes. Yeah. Did she know you knew your mom, or was she under the impression that you still? Thought uh, Santa no, was I think my mom knew. Okay. I mean, I would help my mom with everything at that point. Uh-huh. So because you know my dad was gone, and um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And this uh, stepdad is not the same stepdad as the first time porn dad, right? No, he's not my stepdad. He was just my mom's boyfriend, Fred. Um, Fred came after John. I mean, John was still in our life, but my mom yeah. and John were not together. And Mom point. loves a guy with like a real basic name. <laughs> Mac, John. Yeah. She married a Mac. Amazing. She had John, wow. Fred, and yeah. then Lynn. If you oh, want to know, I'm concerned. Listen to my first time porn to why I'm concerned about marriage. <laughs> There's so many things to be multiple male um, parental figures. But yeah, that was that was uh, Calexico. Uh, Mexicali breakdown and uh, <laughs> but and we we um, we would do these things where we would say we're not having presents this year instead we're gonna take the money and we're gonna take a trip and then we would all always have presents too but we like we took a trip we went on a boat we took a went on a sailboat to Catalina this is when we lived in Ohio Jarma so there was like 30 of us that got on a boat and went to Catalina for a week and I was obsessed. I was like, oh, we're gonna, somebody's going to fall over and die like Natalie Wood. This is what happened. <laughs> oh. And I was completely obsessed with it. And um, this was the year uh, that um, Empire Strikes Back was out because we saw Empire Strikes Back on Catalina Island in that big round wow. building that's now a casino, but at the time was a movie theater. Ooh. And um, so that was the time we went away from home. We went to Mammoth one Christmas. Um, and uh, yeah, I think... And then as a kid, like that was, those were the trips that we took. It's such a weird thing because we never went anywhere any holiday. We were always home. It was always almost entirely just the six of us. And then my aunt would come over and it there was such a ritual. There was a point where my mom, because I think we gave her grief about trying to like deviate from the ritual because we were older. She was like, ah! Like, I remember her screaming that. But, like, yeah, it's a whole separate story. But, uh, so that when every, the, when I moved, it was like, I had never had an alt. It was such a jarring experience mm. to have what had been consistent my entire memory change. Yes, you know, what's been, what's happened to me now in my adulthood is that I have made it a point that Christmas is a very traditional yeah. thing. And, and being in this house... Um, we have Christmas here every year. It's late Christmas because all my siblings are married and they all have kids. And so we decided a long time ago that they could go do whatever they needed to do with the in-laws. And then we would have Christmas, December 27th is Christmas Eve, December 28th is Christmas Day. It's here or in my previous homes. And I host and it. I decorate this house like crazy. 
and my mother makes 17 kinds of cookies and they all come and we all spend the night and there's 20 people there's air mattresses all over the place and it's fantastic and yeah. I love it and and that's now like I can't it would be so devastating to not have that to not have that traditional and it, and it means nothing to me really just like spiritually I, I'm not it's not connected to anything in that way I'm not religious or catholic or christian or any any of that I don't believe in sky santa but I need that, like, I just yeah. love Christmas, and I love all of those traditions, and I love making it beautiful for the kids, yeah. and, like... It has great decorations and great songs. Yeah. Yeah, and but great for, smells. But for yeah. you two, did you have, like, what was the, was there a set tradition of anything that then got changed? Or was everything always up in the air? Uh, we had traditions, but I'm just thinking of Christmas, and the my sister and I would wait for my dad and mom to have a huge fight as they tried to like work together to hang lights on the tree. <laughs> Eventually we'd wait in the, on the stairs and hear them blow up and stomp off. And then we'd go in with our hot chocolates and hang the ornaments. So all the ornaments were at like kid height oh. and there were no lights at the top or no lights at the bottom. Cause they'd gotten pissed off before the lights got, you know, so our trees were always like janky and weird, but for whatever reason we, Carolyn and I loved our Christmas tree time, and we just couldn't wait for the fight to break out so we could have <laughs> time with the tree. <laughs> that was consistent. Uh, what about you, Jack? Was there like a... Uh, okay, so we were Jewish, but my parents liked the idea of Santa, and I was the last <laughs> one who didn't know that he was, wasn't was real. And my sister literally today told me that the last time they did anything Santa, we were on the road for some reason on Christmas, and I she says I was really upset because how would Santa find me? Uh-huh. My dad, we were at a diner. My dad stepped outside to use the bathroom. He said, and then the, my presents were in the car. Isn't Aww. that sweet? That's a lovely yes. story. I don't remember this, but yeah. my sister told me because I had, was calling her to ask her for details about <laughs> Uncle George's apartment. <laughs> Because I want to make sure everything I told you was true. Because it's sh- I, I couldn't. My, my I can't believe my own memories. Yeah. Yeah. But did you guys have like Passover traditions or? Well, I can't. In terms of Christmas, like uh, because we're Jewish, it was always like uh, light the menorah and like give you a, a present, a shitty present every yes. night for eight nights. So every year as I got older, we kept trying to push it more to more to Christmas. <laughs> to literally the last Christmas I was of high school, we had a tree in our in our. Um, dining room anyway I got away with decorating because every year I was like can't I just decorate they were like no so the last my, my last high school Christmas I fucking decorated that tree so but it wasn't a, even a pine we tree were, we oh. were Jewish we were Jewish too and we, yeah, like, we would celebrate the Jewish holidays without gifts so we would light candles play menorah but there would be no gifts and the gifts were for Christmas yeah that's what we edged yeah. towards as yeah. we got older yeah thank god yeah, there's only because gifts suck there's socks lame socks and pencils <laughs> my mom recently told both my sister and I that separately, when we were, I think, in first grade, uh, someone came in to make potato pancakes at like Hanukkah time. And Might have we, been my mom. <laughs> we both we both told our teacher that we were Jewish because we both separately. My mom said that the teacher reported each child's teacher three years apart reported that after potato pancake day we declared we were Jewish because we love potato pancakes. Oh, All I wanted was potato pancakes. They're so, so much neat. better than like Do you have a lot in common with this yeah. sister? Do you find that happened a lot? Not up? to that degree. Wow. No. Well, you both have a love of carbs. But clearly. we really, in case you've noticed, all of my stories are food centric. The way I introduce myself <laughs> is around candy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a powerful food. And I still love a potato pancake. Yeah, I mean, they're great. Oh, burnt burnt potatoes, potatoes are heaven. Oh, potatoes. The sour cream blew my mind. My mom makes the best potato pancakes and homemade applesauce. Oh, so good. 
Latkes. Google it if you've never had one. Have a latke. Have All a right. lot of latkes. Yay! Yay! Margie, where can people find you? What are their things? You know, I don't spend a lot of time on social media. The <laughs> one I check most frequently, which is maybe once a month, is Instagram. I'm at Margie McGee. Does that sound? Sure. I think so. Great. Is that how that goes? And uh, watch Carol's second act yeah. on CBS this fall. That's the show I'll be writing on. Awesome. Yeah. Hooray. Ian? Wait, is that Carol Burnett? No. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry yeah. to disappoint. It's That's Patricia okay. Heaton. No, that would be Kyle so amazing. McLaughlin. Oh, it's Patricia Heaton? Yeah. Oh, I love Patricia Heaton. It'll be great. Yeah. Ian? Uh, Ian Screams on Instagram. There you go. Jack? You can watch my stupid minute-long videos on Instagram. They're not at stupid. They're, they're hilarious. hilarious. They're Thank devastating. You. At jackplotnick.com. Oh, sorry, Jack Pl- at Jack Plotnik. I have, and then, and then the videos are up on Facebook and YouTube if you prefer that. But if you want to read my free book for actors and you want to let go of all anxiety, go to jackplotnik.com and click on the word teacher. I cannot endorse it enough. You Likewise. I'm going to read it. I'm going to yeah. check it out. It's free. It's fantastic. You're a delightful yeah. angel. Mary Jo? <gasps> also, recently I saw the really ridiculously funny and stupid video that you made with Lisa Sharga about the haircuts. Yes. And I watched it like 17 times and I had to laugh. So I was <laughs> She's laughing so, so funny hard. in it. Both of you are so funny Thank in you. that. So absurd. Majo. Oh, me? Yeah. Majo. Yeah, Majo. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mary Jo LA. You can find me on Instagram at Mary Jo underscore LA. You can find me on Facebook for now. Are we leaving Facebook? Mary Jo Smith? <laughs> Um, I don't know. Um, the morality of it all. Chick is... Chick is at T-Chick Photo everywhere. Um, Chick, T-Chick McClure is our co-producer who um, does our website and, our, and all of the fantastic photographs of our guests. And then I am Colleen Smee, C-O-L-L-E-E-N-S-M-I on Twitter. And then Colleen Marie Smee on Instagram. Uh, we are my first time on Facebook. Facebook and my first time on Instagram, Instagram. I believe, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, all the photos will be up there. And I really want to do farts. We have to figure. Yeah, out we might have to do farts as our next thing. My first time farts. And um, on Facebook, feel free response. or Instagram, feel, feel free to message us with ideas for yeah. things. If you have stories you want us to read aloud, we love that kind of stuff. You want to be on the podcast? You want to be on the podcast? Let us know. We did do farts on that roulette. Episode. We did do farts. We we touched on farts. Not enough farts. In a in a. <laughs> my first time, no theme. Oh, all the people want it. So we need some expansive fart stories because go back to my first time, no theme, and listen to Ian's fart story. It I re-listened to it recently, and I cried in the car and almost got into an accident. It was so funny. Uh, thank you guys so much. Thank Yay! You. Yay!